in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while volley-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Forth. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, perhaps even an NUA analysis, all these and more we can help. So here's the point about all these things. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule... Your money should not be there either, so we can help you roll that out, whether it be into a tax neutral IRA, split the money with the NUA, take control of your money, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today, let's take a look at uh, confronting market volatility and some strategies on how to manage market volatility throughout retirement. Winston Churchill once said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, but an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. So most people in the world seek an optimistic approach. You start out that way. Then you get hit in the face with so much, I guess you might say, reality. We refer to it as news and noise of the day. And uh, we all, nearly all of us, um, have that reality. It kind of causes us to lose our balance, lose our step, and kind of deviate from that positive nature that we want to have about life. And success, though, dwells around the positive aspects. So we want to reflect on the positive, not get hung up in the negative. So in life, of course, the unexpected things can happen and at any given moment. And a lot of us confront this, serious illness, death of a loved one, um, the parts of the world that have natural disaster. We all went through a global pandemic now you hear rumors and some reality of potential bank runs and bank failures. And so those things may seem difficult, but with a plan, you can get through them. You can succeed. You can actually take and find opportunity in the difficulty. So you might be thinking to yourself, no one plans for an unexpected illness, right? Well, you can. Pandemics, a little more difficult. Tree falling on your house randomly. Yeah, yeah, that's a challenge. But we do maintain different types of protection, don't we? Homeowners insurance for our home, health insurance for our bodies, just things to help with the unexpected. That's a plan, and you should have a plan for protecting your money too. So we're going to look at confronting market volatility and some ways to protect money. And when you look back at the 2008, the pullback in market correction then, the pullback that occurred during the pandemic, the... uh, most of 2022, when we look in the rearview mirror, we find that um, regardless of how someone defines recession, if we entered one, touched one, uh, will or won't have one, um, soft landing, hard landing, all of the, uh, all the different ways that people want to talk about changes in economic conditions, we have to be prepared for things that we know might happen. You don't want to live as though, I mean, if you look back in life and you, if you actually reacted and lived as though everything you worried about was going to come true, you live long enough to realize that that doesn't happen that way. So don't live your life as though you're in full mode, full-time reaction to the worries. 
but still being prepared for things that can negatively impact us is prudent. James, what about some thought-provoking questions on the subject? Oh, yes, the thought-provoking questions. So assuming you have a plan, how about this one? When should you consider changing or altering your plan? That means your investment plan, your retirement plan, even your income plan. So don't forget about those income goals or your needs when you get into the retirement years. It's all about at that point, instead of going into the accumulation phase, now you're into the preservation and distribution phase. That's why the income plan is so important, which is also important to define and manage your risk tolerance, not only when you're working, but also during retirement. Oftentimes we see a mindset change because people no longer have the renewable sources of income coming in from their job, from their wages, and now it's more like they feel like they're, they're walking the high wire, the tightrope. How do you create a diversified or balanced plan for retirement? Maybe the key word there is balance. What is balance when you look at your investments? How much risk are you willing or able to take? Sometimes that's where we find people's, uh, I'd say their perspectives changing is, their risk tolerance becomes, and some of this is just natural as we get older, maybe we become less tolerant, less patient, or less willing and able to put up with these things. To put up with, you hear the commercial, nonsense. To what extent should retirees have investments allocated to stocks or equities, which is another way of saying traditional market risk. Now, as we've learned in 2022 and somewhat into 2023 as well, bonds, the bonds market also carries market risk. So when we say market risk, there's a different degree or level of equities risk or stock market risk versus the bonds or the bond market risk. Does the traditional buy and hold method still apply for retirees or really did it ever apply for retirees? Should you have an active management as opposed to a passive management style for your portfolio? What is the sequence of returns risk and can it be avoided? What are some steps that the proverbial we, me, we, I can take to help prepare for the next bear market? What are the potential advantages of the bear market? Yes, there are potential advantages. Look in those as potentially buying opportunities. What is the concept of deleveraging and how can it possibly or potentially apply for our retirement? And finally, what role should your financial advisor play during these turbulent, which is another way of saying volatile times in the stock market? You know, I think holding a passive index or the old buy and hold has proven itself to be kind of gone the way of the dinosaur. Um, You look at the turn of the century before, or maybe the one before, and you had these monolithic companies that evolved and were so stable for so many decades back to back and went through different periods of our history as a nation where they would retool times of war, then fall back to their primary productive capacity and and purpose and product purpose. And um, that just went on again for decades. And those companies flourished and they grew and then they grew again and they, and they just became huge. Well, then as everything around us began to change, the dynamics of the markets, the world markets, how the globally um, increasingly interlinked um, and overlapping, you have technology and the advancements it's just not feasible to hitch your wagon to a handful of stocks and hold them for decades and expect to repeat what was in the century before. So it's just, it's just different. You look around, things move too swiftly. Active management getting in and out of the right stocks in their movements in reasonably appropriate timeframes, um, reaching the objectives for certain positions. When they meet that objective, uh, take those, those winnings, those gains, 
move in and re-diversify out. It's just a very different time. So every time these days when I hear buy and hold, I'm just reminded how that is becoming a bit eclectic and um, passe. Also known as buy and hope. Yeah, yeah, because, um, I mean, you just, you write it up and you write it down and then you write it up. When you take that strategy forward in today's times and you try to pick those types of companies and ride with them, you, you watch the ebb and the flow. And each time the value flows back away, um, you've, you're losing time. Anyway, you know, today it is something we're going to discuss, stock market volatility. And um, more importantly, ways to handle the market volatility and the emotions that come along with it. When the market drops in, you lose money or your account values are down, right? They fluctuate up and they fluctuate down. Um, you truly only lose money when you sell while down. You, you buy the loss at that point. And no one likes to lose money and we get reactive. And again, that's driven by emotions. Um, but enduring the market volatility uh, times in investing, it's just a fact of life. You need to learn to accept it just like you do the good times so that you can get what's called over the period of time, an average rate of return that works for your financial objectives over the long period. But that's a good reminder not to have all of your money, all of your investable assets at market risk. Very true. Different asset classes working together, uh, reweighting those dollars from time to time, depending on market intervals, all works together. And that's part of the process of active management. Um, Can you avoid market downtimes? No. Can you reduce them and have certain um, shock absorption capacity? Yes, by the nature of the different asset classes as they're reweighted by dollars over time. So how do you know which decisions are right and which ones are wrong? Well, and today in discussing some of the right ways and uh, let's say the wrong ways to handle market volatility, we'll come together with a strategy, stick together throughout your retirement and beyond. And having confidence is key to feel comfortable in the market cycles and with the methodology that's going on behind the scenes to help you be positioned for success. And with recent market volatility being so... Uh, prominent, many investors like yourselves listening today probably question how long will it last? Um, how long can you withstand the roller coaster, the heat in the kitchen, all the old analogies, without letting your emotions derail your retirement and your investments, whatever financial phase of life you are, for the long term? Uh, are you being proactive with your decision making and your investments? Is your plan, if you have a plan and your approach, one set up to be reactive? or they're just appropriately active as, as the uh, markets have their intervals. There's more. There's much more. Our phone about the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. 
Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Confronting market volatility is what we're discussing strategies on how to manage market volatility during retirement, during investments, phases, all phases of your financial life, in fact. Uh, James, are there any potential advantages when the market acts squarely? Well, there are a few, and here's maybe some examples of that. Let's just use the phrase dollar cost averaging. That's a way of saying you're still going to contribute, for example, the same dollars every month or, or whatever periodic basis that you're investing in. Let's, so let's just say it's $500 a month. And whatever fund that you're investing in, assuming you're investing in still the same fund, if it goes down in value, then your $500 will buy more stuff. It'll buy more shares of that particular stock or that particular fund. And if the market goes up, you'll buy fewer shares. But during a downtime, again, you wind up buying more shares of whatever fund that you're purchasing or whatever individual stocks that you're purchasing. Now, another example could be on the on the side of Roth conversions. So after a 20% market pullback, for example, a Roth conversion would become, or at least could potentially become, 20% less expensive. Now, there's a few other moving parts with the tax return because sometimes what we think of as direct taxation also affects things that are indirectly taxed, such as your Social Security benefits, or for some, even their Medicare premiums become greatly impacted. But by and large, if you have a market pullback and you're looking to maybe at that point in time do the Roth conversion, that's why that becomes a viable option because, again, it becomes almost equivalent to whatever the pullback percentage is becoming that much less expensive for doing your conversion. So during bear markets or pullbacks, stocks become on sale. And if you're systematic in making your contributions in investing in the market over time, you're catching all intervals of the market at different price points, and you're coming out with a smoother mathematical average of ownership on a cost per share that works favorably to you, like most everything else investing, over time. How much time? Well, don't look at it how much time you have on the clock. Look at it as the rest of your forever. And then if you're married, it's the uh, second to die philosophy. When will the last of you exit the household? Well, then that's kind of indirectly the, the time horizon for your collective investment dollars too. So whether you're investing in the investing phase and contributing a certain amount at certain intervals consistently, you are dollar cost averaging. And then when you go to the distribution phase and you're retired and you start taking money out, the same math works effectively in reverse. Dollar ca- cost, um, let's say, withdrawals, where you're taking out money at different intervals in the market and having a smoother average withdrawal rate over time that's friendlier to your money, the balance, the longevity, and all that goes with it. Now, next area here of concern as it relates to uh, volatility and the impact of volatility, uh, sequence of returns, ways to help avoid the consequences of that. One of the largest concerns retirees today are running into is the running out of money in retirement. The number one concern is really for retirees is outliving your money. Number two is long-term care. Three is probably untimely death, which they all are, et cetera. But <clears throat> excuse me. So folks are just, they're generally, you know, we're living longer. And with that, we fear that we're going to spend through our money too quickly and be standing there thinking, okay, I am broke and alive. What's that feel like? Avoid that. Let's have a plan. Make sure you never experience that. Inflation 
is another factor that can have an impact on the retirement dollars and their longevity and lasting. So many people think that uh, they need to have um, a lot of their money or most of their money in the stock market just so they can meet and exceed inflation rates of inflation over time and support their drawdown. That may or may not be true. Depends on how we kind of break down and separate out your money by purpose. You know, so much work, cash and emergency and short-term needs, so much that's liquid and available, not at much risk, and some portion of your money split out to be longer term for growth and meeting exceeding inflation through market investing. And then some part that could be in fully insured guaranteed sources of provision for income with a focus on income to meet your income gap. Stir that all together and you have generally a plan that will work. If you just stick by this stuff, it will work. If you uh, get reactive and hypersensitive and, you know, just can't sit still and trust a plan, you are already in trouble. That's, we just need to do some behavior modification as it comes to investing 101. I know it's easier said than done when you tell people, you know, don't worry about something. It's easy to, from the outside looking in to say, don't worry. But this is, this is the reminder for us, for everyone. Don't let your emotions control or dictate your investing decisions. That, that's, that's oftentimes what happens is our emotions get the better of us and we make rash, maybe unwise decisions that are counterproductive. And many times this is the counterintuitive nature of investing in the stock market is usually our human emotions tell us to do the exact opposite of what our logic or our brain for investing decisions should be telling us to do. Yep. Happens over and over again. Um, you need, you need an accountability partner to help you get through that one. So what is the um, sequence of returns issue that we're discussing? What is the significant risk associated with it? Well, the risk that the timing of your withdrawals from a retirement account will have a negative impact on your overall rate of return. Um, It can have a significant impact, in fact, on a retiree who depends on income from a lifetime of savings and investing and is no longer in the contribution phase of adding any new capital whatsoever to the buckets of money uh, to offset losses as they occur and to buy into markets at lower price points. Okay. So you're out of the contribution pathway or process and you're in the withdrawal process, that phase of your financial life, the distribution phase. So as you're going along withdrawing money, what is the nature of the market? How is it performing in the backdrop? Well, it's an easy, easy way to kind of look at this is uh, while you're working, you're adding retirement account, you know, money contributions to your 401k, your IRAs, and they're likely growing. You know, they're going up, down, sideways, but on average, they're growing. And you're adding money into each interval of the market, up, down, and sideways. That's working well. Remember, that's dollar cost averaging. But when you retire, no longer adding to those accounts, you're probably drawing money from them, right? It's that time. Supplement your cash flow needs with the money you've saved for all those years. And if the market drops significantly in the first few years, sequence, early sequence of returns, negative returns early uh, in the years that you're withdrawing in retirement, it could reduce the size of your nest egg significantly and increase the chance of running out of money before you run out of life. Now, the best way to explain this also might be to give you a hypothetical example. So let's go ahead and just do that. For example, to illustrate the sequence of returns risk, let's say a 65-year-old retiring with an account balance of a million dollars. They need to take a withdrawal rate, in this case, of 5%, which uh, um, let's assume there's a 3% average rate of inflation each year. So they're taking 5% of a million, inflation's going up 3%, they need to make a little adjustment how much they take to keep up with the cost of buying bread, eggs, and milk. Okay, that effectively creates a downward pressure of 8% on their portfolio, the 5 and the 3 equals 8, 8% downward pressure on the portfolio. In this example, the retiree would, um, say, generate a return on their money in 15 of the 20 years. 
a positive return 15 out of 20 years, but has large losses in two of the first three years of retirement. Sounds pretty positive, right? 15 good years out of 20, but when did the bad years hit? In the first two years, well, they had losses in two years, the first three years of the retirement, just early on. Year one, loses 25%. Year two, gain 10, but in year three, loses another 20. So two out of three years were negative up front the first three years of retirement. Although the gains um, over time could be significant percentages in several of those years that followed, the first initial years, they really did the damage mathematically. To be exact, those years caused his or hers money in this example to run out by year 18, hmm, which would be age 83. So hopefully they didn't live to 84 or 85, right? So for those blessed with longevity, you could have a major problem based on sequence of returns being negative early in retirement, even if most of the years are positive, and most of those years later are very positive. Mathematically, you can still run out of money before you run out of life. So a good way to address this risk is by allocating a portion of the nest egg of investments to safer vehicles that are designed not only just for steady um, and reliable, let's say, performance in terms of little to no downside, but they are either guaranteed or designed for renewable source of income that you cannot outlive. Guaranteed lifetime income, like a self-funded pension. So we'll discuss some of those vehicles later uh, today. Well, kind of going back to the two out of three, sounds like an old meatloaf song. Two out of three ain't bad. I know that's kind of a cliche, but nevertheless, the two out of three adage means that you could wind up having an impact of what happens in the market and to retirement Again, with significant losses because market math is simply this. Market losses will hurt more than the gains will help. And if you have all of your investment dollars in the market or at market risk, that's that's one of the risks that we face as we get into retirement is running out of money again, as Greg said, prior to running out of life, along with the second biggest fear, which is don't put me into a nursing home while I'm running out of money prior to running out of life. Anyways, there's more. There's much more. I'll find her about the office. 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent registered investment advisory firm working for clients, not companies. And it does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning. Yes, it's that time of the year. Social Security maximization, a Roth conversion analysis, an NUA analysis, and perhaps for some, even an in-service rollover. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. Well, confronting market volatility, some strategies on how to manage market volatility Throughout your investment phases, including retirement, a good way to stay successfully retired is follow some of these um, objectives. James, can you think of some questions people might ask themselves before investing? Yeah, and this is always the key is before you start making all those investment decisions, ask yourself maybe these three things. Are there lower risk alternatives that can accomplish the same objective? 
So can you get the same type of reward and still take on maybe a little bit less risk? And yes, it does seem like the financial world has changed in many ways over the past few years. One big change is the overall increase in interest rates. Now, this comes with you know pros and cons, but a negative aspect means in the form of debt or debt obligations. Consumer loans, mortgages, for example, now are much more expensive than they were just a year or two ago. And you know, you look at the mortgage rates typically now in the six to eight percent range, depending upon the length of term that you're looking for. However, this is that's the downside. Here's the good side. People can find financial instruments. Yes, that means CDs, that means annuities, that means short-term investments like treasuries that can benefit from the higher rates. So you can pretty much find almost anywhere you look a four to five percent, almost a guaranteed interest rate without taking market risk. And for many people out there, especially the savers, the the ones who go CD shopping at their local banks, maybe not the best idea to have all of your money and in the banks at this point in time, but you know, by and large, the banking sector is still safe. It just means some of the banks that have recently failed have also gotten into areas that are way beyond what should have been their area of uh, focus. It should be focus on your shareholders, focus on your book of business, and don't try to do all these other social agendas that can cause banks to maybe not have sufficient capital. But anyways, all politics aside, Greg, what's next? Yeah. Invest in the metrics of a real business, not a philosophy of life. Um, unless you're a surfer, hang 10. Well, how about let's, let's get back to the three questions. So another question to consider is how much of your money you can afford to lose. Sometimes we need to be honest with ourselves and also with our financial advisor about this. So really, you know, spend some time thinking about and maybe even visualizing how you might truly feel, not just simply words, but how you would truly feel about losing a significant portion of your investment. And yes, when you add or subtract dollars to an investment, it becomes like a sticker shock. So if you have a million-dollar portfolio, a 10% loss equals $100,000. If you only have a $1,000 portfolio, you know, it's not so bad when you say, well, I only lost, what, 100 bucks? That doesn't sound like a major deal, but when you add the zeros to the end of that equation – Suddenly, the sticker shock sets in. It's like, wow, I just lost 100000 200000 if there's a 20% loss, or 30% is a three hundred grand setback. And they say zeros aren't significant. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, be honest, again, with everyone in the room, including yourself, to say how much of a loss like that would impact your retirement and if it's worth the risk. And last and maybe perhaps the most important way to think is, how any losses might impact your ability to pay your essential living expenses. So again, part of the concept of retirement is having sufficient cash flow. So if this is going to impact your cash flow that jeopardizes your retirement, that's not a good thing. Now, you know, not just tomorrow, but year after year and maybe for the rest of your life. So, you know, Greg, any closing thoughts on those? Yes. The, of those three questions, the last one about um, losses impacting your ability to pay essential living expenses we want to work backwards. We want to address cash flow needs and the gap in your income so that your essential income needs for living expenses are met on a more like I know so consistent guaranteed basis. And then the rest of the assets spread across asset classes that are more geared towards growth and balanced risk and the expectations you have for that portion of your money so that you don't end up someday just realizing, oh my goodness, now we're down to where we can't support our our essential living expenses. 
It's because it probably approached it backwards to begin with. You don't approach retirement planning and investing the same way you do with the accumulation phase and all the other phases of life leading up to that. If you do, you are, you're, you're so susceptible to failing and you won't even know what you did wrong because you just did what always seemed to work anyway. It's different. It is different. Um, focusing on what we can control might be a good way to look at some of this. So most brokers and advisors um, have, let's say, an unbound confidence in the stock market's ability to provide great investment returns over the long haul. Well, I think we're in that club. We believe in capital markets over time. Everything ebbs and flows from capital markets um, driven by consumers and consumption, and that will continue until the last consumer drops, right? And um, But how you invest within the midst of, of, of all that is incredibly important, and it's driven by purpose. So now, despite all the periods, if you look at the market, all, all versions of it, corrections, bear markets, cycles of negative, positive, the S&P has posted an average annualized total return of about 10% over 90 years, 90 years, okay? Now, any one of those years we know has a negative side too. And if you're invested heavily during some of those negatives, and we've already made the point sequence returns, if those negative returns happen in sequence earlier in your, your overall process, it can be a mathematical, I sunk your battleship phenomenon. Now, problem for retirees and those who are close to retirement um, during all the time periods of what makes that up, again, are those significant market declines taken in uh, years that to recover. You know, you've heard people say that the last decade of 2000 in the S&P where the market was up, it was down, it was up, it was down, and it kind of like finally broke even to its begin point. Well, there's kind of an interesting way. If you're a passive investor and you just hold a market index index over a 10-year period, you could find a decade, lose the time of a decade, and still end up about flat. So there's another reason why buy and hold maybe not even work as a passive approach to market indexes, let alone lucky stock picking. But, you know, that aside, you cannot control these ups and downs of the markets. But there are things you can, we can, and should do to take control and enhance the future confidence we all have. Now, time. Your investment time horizon is an important consideration always when planning for retirement or an invest, investment of any kind. Um, money needed within the next few years should be invested more conservatively, right? The stock market might be a great choice for the portion of that savings that won't be needed for 10 years or more. And um, now, hit the pause there. You'll drop the mic, if you will. If you're, if you're there listening and you think, you know, I don't know that we're not going to be here, honey, for 10 or more years, bingo. 10 or more years is oftentimes an aggressive investment horizon, Where you're, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60, thinking you're probably going to be here for 10 or more years, unless you know something we don't, right? Some part of your money ought to still act like, act like it's still going to be there for the long term. Because again, the concept of the rest of your forever is your actual time horizon. The faux pas and, and myth of just because you retired, you ought to invest like you died too, that needs to go to the wayside. You need a plan for different types of money, near-term, mid-term, long-term, income-focused, growth-focused. Start together, you got a plan. There's more to it than that, but I tell you what, most people don't even have that, and you need that. Potential for long-term growth is always there, and it's exactly why it's important to have a balanced investment strategy that takes into account your investment time horizon, your risk tolerance, and your specific goals and needs for income and the needs for growth. Investment fees. 
You know, mutual funds are loaded with fees and annual expenses, internal expenses, fees, margins, and loads, we call it. kind of rolls off the tongue. You need to be aware of your total cost of investing. Investment fees, advisory fees are not your enemy. Total cost of investing is. Know the difference. Don't fall for loss-led advisory fees from some platform only to find or never find that your total cost of investing with the internal expense structure of all the stuff they're loading your wagon up with is sinking right before your eyes with too much expense. We run into this all the time. People shopping for advisory fee and not total cost of ownership, not the benefit of a plan, not the efficiency of investments working um, from a tax perspective, all things considered, all things together. Things are not equal. Don't believe what Wall Street tells you. Don't believe the brokerage community. Don't believe in cheap funds thinking that low cost is going to be your salvation over time because you're going to save expenses. No, performance, outcome, planning, and purpose pays dividends. There's a premium to invest right, not just invest cheap. So what's the old phrase? Don't be penny wise, pound foolish. Um, Let's see, taxes. Well, reducing fees appropriately, being tax efficient, tax minded in the investments certainly matters on non-IRA investments, the non-deferred investments. So managing future taxes uh, as it relates to investing best you can is important since we don't control the tax code. We need to be mindful on how we swim in the pool that has different depths of water. Yeah. Closing thought before the break is tax planning is different from tax preparation. Think of one as making history. The other one is just simply recording history. So there's more. There's much more. Our funder about the office is 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Confronting market volatility, strategies to manage volatility during retirement, other investment phases of life. We kind of left off with talking about things you can control, things you can't. You know, time, your time horizon, that's important to understand. Breaking down money by purpose and goals and objectives and needs. Investment fees, well, total cost of investing is where it's at. Understand that advisory fees aren't the enemy. Don't fall for uh, loss-led advisory fees and then get swallowed up whole by a total cost of investing that's much more than you bargained for. Taxes, tax efficiency, manage them in the future. James will have more thoughts on um, taxes. I already made a profound statement. Remember that tax preparation is recording history. Tax planning is about changing history. But as you go through tax liability, future liability, just some thoughts. Well, the, the future thought about this is, or maybe the current thought about the future thought is on the tax, the proper tax planning is it also leads to the income plan. The most important part of your retirement plan is having a successful income plan. And by proactively managing your future liability, your tax liability, that's how you can optimize your retirement income and still maintain some type of financial stability, again, in those retirement years. So when we say, what does this type of plan look like, the income plan look like? It Well, it provides a roadmap for how you will fund your lifestyle in retirement. It's all about, you know, not only having an enjoyable retirement, hopefully, but also an affordable retirement 
again, hopefully, so you can make informed decisions about your investments, your spending, your savings. Sometimes that's a, the most important part of it is it's not how much you have, it's how much you spend. And what are we you know, talking about really is a concise document that is clear, easy to understand, and tells you really four simple things. When does your retirement paycheck start? Exactly which part of your retirement assets will these paychecks be coming from? It also tells you how they will grow, at least hopefully they will grow with the market. You know, this is where maybe you you segue into what is known as uh, green versus yellow versus red money, hope so versus no so, over time and to keep pace or hopefully to outpace inflation. And perhaps its greatest value is to give you a realistic idea on how long these paychecks are going to last. So it should be probably about a two or three, (laughs) easy for me to say, a two or three page document that lays all of this out in a format that's easily understood. Very true. Our, our Compass Retirement Plan and our Action Plan and our summary of all of our analysis of what you have, when you contact us, we'll review everything that you're currently holding, the investments, um, different assets, your income needs now and in the future. We will analyze those investments inside out, tell you exactly what we found, make recommendations, not hold anything back, project a plan that's comprehensive, It'll be so detailed and informative. You can decide what you'd like to do with it. See if you see a fit and we work together, you'll find the total cost of investing will be very favorable, consumer friendly. We wouldn't be here if that's not the case. It'll be a balanced attack on, on your success and you'll have a real plan and it'll be holistic because we do investments, insurance, financial planning, income planning, social security maximization, pension maximization, estate planning, all of it brought together like the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services and first appointment is just all about you getting the facts on the table. The second one is sharing all of our findings right there before you, including the plan, and then we kind of take it from there. It's a, it's a journey, not a race. So uh, subsequent meetings needed, make some tweaks and changes, get it just right, then implement that thing, and you will feel so much better. So if you're doubting that you have the right plan or a plan, or you know that you don't have a plan, or you're not comfortable with your investment style, you think that things are just heading in the wrong direction and it leaves you feeling uneasy. We'll take advantage of this opportunity. It's without obligation. There's no cost. Also, go on our website. Look for ways to visit us. Just fill out the form. Contact us by email. Call us by phone. But on the website, you can join us for food, fund, and finance. There's always a seminar ahead, a dinner seminar. We have two of them each month. So go there under seminars. um, Sign up. Register. And we'll hope to see you soon. Or just come on in. We'll still uh, connect you with a nice meal as just time for participating in our process. You don't have to sit with a bunch of strangers at a public seminar. You could just come in and get the process started because it's really about the message and your money and having a plan than it is trying to pick up a, you know, an extra steak dinner because most of you can afford your own food. It's just a way for us just to reach out with a handshake and say, come join us. We will take care of your stomach while we take care of your future. Anyway, preparing for bear markets. Unfortunately, investing is not an easy game. And um, gosh, the bears do show up. Market corrections do happen. How to handle and tolerate that market volatility is a good part of just being properly positioned and having a proper plan uh, now and in the future because they, they cycle through. I mean, we have, uh, you know, three or four good years and one or three bad years and um, the good years outnumber the bad years. But as mentioned earlier, sequence matters and we need to be prepared in all seasons, accepting the um, unex- unexpected, just with anything in life, stock market comes with good and bad. Uh, None of us have a crystal ball. Anyone tells you that they know the future is lying. The market already is priced in all things knowable. So only new and unknowable information can change. 
the market as we see it this very moment. Uh, predictions based on what the Fed will do, there's no guarantee in any of that. And we can use our best judgment and be prepared and positioned for um, the extremes in both directions. And that's a good way to be. Always some degree of risk as we uh, navigate markets. Markets will have swings. Bottom line is accept, not just expect, accept some of the unexpected and don't react. There's always that, right? Now, another concept is to do what's called deleveraging. So let's take a step back and say, well, what is leveraging? Leveraging is the borrowing of money really at any level. For example, leveraging could be used to buy a car, your home, or even to buy investments. We, we see this from time to time. People have margin accounts. That can be painful when they find out the cost of that margin account, just like it can be painful when you find out now what's the cost of borrowing either for the car or for the home, especially for the home. The larger the debt, you add the zeros again, the sticker shock can really set in. And that's where a problem with leveraging happens is that the what's called debt-to-borrow ratio, the cost of money, can become an even bigger burden during a bear market. So if you take a big loss in a down market and you're paying on the debt, that's where it adds even more stress. So one of the ways to perhaps become more successful about this is to deleverage. That means to pay off your debt. And maybe the, the key word in all of this is can you affordably pay off your debt? Here's what that means. If you're taking money out of a taxable account, such as an IRA, just to pay off your debt, well, now you've created a tax problem in addition to your paying off the debt problem in an affordable fashion. But maybe maybe a better approach is to simply not to be that far in debt in the first place. I know easier said than done, right? But once again, cost of money is the primary issue when it comes to leveraging versus deleveraging. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just thinking you, you see so many reports about people not having cash on hand, not having savings, not having, I mean, and these are folks you look out, you would never guess outside looking in. They have lots of nice stuff. They like good things in life. Um, most have you know good jobs, nice houses, nice cars. And you're thinking, oh, it must be going pretty well. But on the inside, it's rotten to the core. The leveraged to the eyeballs, uh, no positive cash flow, no real savings, no real future prepared for. And it just keeps repeating itself. I don't know what this dynamic of this generation is, but it's happening in all ages. I don't know if it's social media trying to keep up with the, the Joneses, which are now the Kardashians. and The uh, instant gratification, I think, is, is it. Yeah, and the contrast compare lifestyles. I don't have that. I want that, so I'm going to live like I have that when I can't afford that. And it just goes on and on. It's, it's paper thin. It's very unfortunate. And you see, again, article and, and, and research and study after study that um, that people basically have a zero net worth. And um, anyway, moving along, that word deleverage versus leverage is critically important. You've got to get deleveraged. And that doesn't mean kill yourself over the next 10 years to pay off all debt and not save a penny for yourself. There are people that tell you to do that. No, you've got to leverage time value of money. Deleverage as you also invest in your future because you need the time of those investments invest in your future to work just like you do need to take a systematic approach of deleveraging because you can be 10 or 15 years older, not have anything saved for you, but you, you took care of all the investment bankers, took care of all your debt because you made that a priority, but you lost the time. It's got to be a double barreled approach. So I tell you, there's a lot of people, very popular money, quote unquote, money people that aren't even financial people and they're not certified in anything. Maybe a realtor, um, I'll stop there, but 
that will just tell you dig out of debt first before you start saving. That's ridiculous. That is mathematically preposterous. Anyway, diversify. Common sense, right? As it sounds, it's a problem for a lot of people. Whether you have some ETFs, exchange-traded funds, trade-like stocks, more efficient, less loaded with costs, not redundant, unlike mutual funds, don't own funds, own funds and own funds. You can own very surgically precise components of the market through ETFs, uh, actual stock holdings with dividends, uh, select bonds, right duration, duration and quality of bonds matters. Uh, get it all properly diversified, working together. Very important. Um, safe money, green money, I know so money, some fully insured investment asset classes, maybe buy yourself an income writer that provides guaranteed income for life and the rest of your money can be invested different ways. So much more. We need to have a plan and work together and see where you're at, where you're going. We can help you do all the above. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Now on behalf of Greg, myself, James, thank you for listening today. Have a great week and remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.